Welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line, episode 26, Fantasy Mathematics. Thank you guys for joining us. We are we are actually about an hour late from live broadcast, but that's because we were having so much fun with our special guests here but if you at the are table. Listening to us later on, we are right on time. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, special guest Tad here in the audience. Well, not the audience, but on the broadcast table, as well as Jason Evans and myself, Dave. He's Biggs. at least in the peanut gallery, Dave. At least, I mean, I've uh, I've been called up to the uh, to the big show. Here. Yes, yes. Thank you, Tad, for joining us. Oh, hey, my pleasure. You've been here before. In fact, uh, was the last time you heard three years ago when we I made believe, the bet that we finally redeemed about, tonight? This is true. This is true. I mean, we'll talk interest uh, later on, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think we owe you ago. a few extra beers for that interest. I, I'm possibly a stake in my own brewery, but we'll, we'll talk later. All right. <laughs> so we welcome Tad to the show. He's the guy who writes our weekly confidence pool column uh, and so much more. Maybe uh, we'll develop that into something else as well as we go on here and uh, look forward to hearing more from Tad. Uh, we generally only have him on the podcast maybe once a year, so it's always a special occasion. In fact, it was so special tonight that we had to go out and, uh, and drink some more beers in celebration. It's, it is Black Wednesday. It's a time to go to the bar and drink. Everywhere was nice and packed. It was a good atmosphere. Sure. Is, that, is that what it is? So we went to the Scorched Earth Brewery tonight. We do like to plug the little breweries. Uh, and we picked up some of the uh, coal. What was it? Coal Miner. Rugged Coal Miner. It's a porter. Uh, that's what uh, we have cracked open. Ted, you got one. How do you like it? I do. And I'll tell you what. I'm not normally a, a porter guy, but this is actually pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're just talking uh, addition and subtraction here. We're talking fantasy math, but it's not going to be anything complicated. No trigonometry, no cosines here for those people that haven't been in high school uh, geometry for for quite some time. Uh, You know, A squared plus B squared. The quiz at the end is what is the theme to the the song? That's not what it is, by the way. You guys need to tell us (laughs) what the theme to the songs are, and we will send you a prize. So uh, let us know, you know, email us, Dave at Drink5 or Jason at Drink5, and we will uh, send you a prize if you are correct. Huh. If you're wrong, we will probably make fun of you on the show. Just a little, though. Oh, he's completely right. <laughs> so uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? We'll start with Jason, and, and uh, he just mentioned a beer from Scorched Earth, where we were at earlier. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have one of those in a minute, but I did just crack open another local brew, the Two Brothers Pinball Juicy Hop Ale, ale. So I, I'm a huge fan of this beer. Um, as you can hear it pouring out right now, I'm going to uh, I'm going to have a good time with this one. Well, all right. Those are not added sound effects, folks. That is straight pouring out. And gas. Ted, you're drinking the coal miner. Crack it. So for for someone who hasn't been that experienced with uh, different kinds of craft beers, for example, uh, suddenly having a porter here in front of you, what do you think of it? Well, like I said, um, I'm, I'm never, I've never really been big on, uh, on Guinness and the uh, the stouts and the darker beers, uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, this uh, this porter here, I do, uh, I will say, I recommend. It is uh, pretty good. 
All right, and I've got a Dos Equis Amber. I love the Amber Lager. Dos Equis is not necessarily a craft beer. And all the time here, we are drinking some crazy crafts. But uh, this is just one that I, I constantly have as a, as, you know, a good companion, like a golden, le- uh, golden retriever. It's okay to like beer. And whatever <laughs> beer you like, it's good for you. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. I don't want to hate on beer. I'm not going to gatekeep on uh, good beer anymore. I'll be a beer snob, but I don't want to impose my snobbery upon the rest of the populace. Well, thank you for that. Let's move on to uh, our headlines from week 11. benefit of the internet you should make people tell us the songs that we play to go along with the theme i love how the songs you choose great songs always have the longest intros known to mankind i mean I'm like, I, I what i need to do start. is cut the songs uh <laughs> into like okay i want to start 30 seconds in i'm like let's hear the chorus of this one well, no, it's a minute and a half in i can't i'm not very uh organized on this and our podcast is just let's listen let's listen with dave and jason <laughs> <laughs> We can always just talk over the music. That's true. Uh, but good songs here. And if you do know the theme, please chime in or email us later. Like he said, at Jason at Drink 5 or Dave at Drink 5. We will send you some kind of uh, token prize. And uh, it is not a small black South Park, South Park character. But it might be a mini miniature token. It could be. A yeah, I mean, it, it could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's it could be. There could be a little tweak. Oh. And then you could finally take him to go see black Tweak Panther. is scary. Tweak is scary in any form. Calm down, Tweak. Have, a, have some coffee. <laughs> so, from week 11, and some of these guys are going to be guys we're going to talk about adding as well, uh, but here's a couple guys. Lamar Jackson first is who I wanted to talk about. Uh, a rushing quarterback from way back. Uh, Jason and I have talked about this offline quite a bit. We always thought, and so did most of the fantasy experts out there, that he would come in and fill in for Joe Flacco at some time, either this season or next season, and take over the job. But... We didn't really know how he would perform. Now, what he did here versus Cincinnati is not necessarily exactly what he's going to do every game, but let's go over the stats. So he attempted 19 passes, but he did have a 68.4% completion percentage on those passes with 7.89 yards per pass on average, which is well above average. And he rushed the ball 27 times for 117 yards. What's interesting about Lamar is this. No quarterback has ever rushed the ball 27 yards or sorry, 27 times, times. in a game since uh, 1970. So since basically we we care about what the stats are, and he's actually uh, has the 11th highest uh, rushing yards in a for a quarterback total in a game ever at 117 yards. So it's crazy for him to come in and do that. It it sort of sets the pace for what we expect of him. Let me go over some. Some more things, and then uh, I want to get your guys' opinion. Do you know who the, has the most rushing yards in a game? Hmm. For a quarterback, that is. Let's hear it. It's Colin Kaepernick. Okay. <laughs> and let's put that behind us. And uh, so Jackson is a quarterback one for, for – I'm sorry, I was, I was just uh, pretending to be the NFL there for a little bit. Uh, Jackson is a quarterback one. For those brave or needy enough to start him late in the season, I think a lot of people that are in leagues where the quarterback ones are all taken, especially two quarterback leagues, are immediately going to start him because no matter 
how successful he is at the passing game, he will still have a floor greater than almost all of the other uh, quarterbacks that are in that bottom third to uh, half tier. Yeah, he's so, definitely available in most leagues right now, I would say, too. Yeah, so right now in Yahoo Standard Leagues, he is 35% owned, which makes him available in a lot of leagues. And uh, Baltimore won, by the way, in his game. So he may end up starting the rest of the way, as long as he avoids embarrassment against their next opponent, which happens to be the Raiders. And as far as teams being successful, playing against the Raiders in this part of the season has not been an issue. <laughs> this is this is a true statement. This, as I as I look to my left and see Raiders on Tad's hoodie. So I'm sure we'll talk about the Raiders later, but let me get your opinions. Tad, your opinion on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback one going forward. Do you think that it's truth or do you think that uh it's uh fantasy fool's gold? You know, I'll tell you, I've never been a fan on quarterbacks that are seemingly like 70 75 percent run like he is mm-hmm. um i think this week against the raiders i think he'll probably have another big game because it's against the raiders but again going forward i, I think it's just something that you know defensive coordinators are going to pick up on and uh, i don't see him having too much longevity if he can't if if, if the baltimore baltimore offense still focuses on just run the uh, primary run the way they did this last week in Cincinnati. I don't see that having that much longevity. Um, I do think that at some point in the near future, uh, Jackson's going to need to start throwing the ball a little bit more. So they, they did throw the ball a bit, but I understand that it was a low amount, but he's going to be throwing touchdowns. The, the thing that's interesting about these kind of guys is that if they run for 80, 100 yards and they also can get a touchdown in, then that's a floor that no one else can touch as far as a fantasy quarterback. So if you think they can uh, be good for the rest of the season, for example, if he ends up filling in for Flacco the rest of the season, he will easily be a quarterback one. But, I mean, there's always the possibility of injury, etc. Jason, what's your opinion? Lamar Jackson, to me, is fantasy fool's gold. 27 carries is something that's absolutely not sustainable, not even for the rest of this season. And they drafted this guy in the first round. They don't want to burn him out, so... 27 carries is not something I, – I don't think you'll see him get 20 carries uh, again for the rest of the season in, in a single game, which is really going to limit um, what he's going to do in the rushing game. 4.3 yards per carry, not you know, not bad, not terribly impressive. For a rushing quarterback, you should really be doing better. On the season, he's only at 4.7. A rushing quarterback should be around 6 to 7 yards per carry uh, because they should be doing it um, – as a second option, in my opinion, not a first option. So i got to disagree with you. I, I think Lamar Jackson going forward is going to be a QB1 for as long as he's healthy, period. But uh, we're going to have to just discuss that in some kind of a bet or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, name, name your stakes, bro. That's how it works. <laughs> I'll take that one. Uh, DJ Moore was firmly behind Devin Funches earlier this year, but it looks like he might have played himself into the WR1 position, at the very least as the second receiver there in Carolina. Now, the person behind him previously was Tyler Lockett, who went down for a knee injury. And while he was out, uh, he... Hang on, hang on. Devin Funches, you mean? Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I think we got something. Oh, sorry, Tori Smith. We're missing blue-shaded teams. Tori Smith. Tori Smith was out for a knee injury, who was the guy who was originally the number two receiver on the Panthers. And so then he stepped in, and week 11, he pulled in seven of eight targets for 157 yards and a touchdown. When we look at uh, what he's done over the past couple of games, last uh, four weeks, it's been really impressive. 
And what's interesting is that Funches during that time has also kind of uh, slanted down and not been who we thought he would be at the beginning of the year. So I love in an offense where there's going to be touchdowns, there's going to be offensive moving the ball. You know, Carolina is not who they were when they got to the Super Bowl. But they're still a very offensive-minded team. DJ Moore is going to be a guy who is an every-week play going forward in fantasy football. Uh, he has 81% of his targets since week eight for 16.65 yards per reception and 283 total receiving yards and 76 rushing yards in the last four weeks. Uh, so that's uh, pretty impressive. What do you guys think about DJ Moore as a pickup? Uh, do you think that, that things are going to change now that Torrey Smith might come back, etc.? DJ Moore is a fun gadgety guy, right? In the span, he's got two games. Two of those games you mentioned, he has 39 I don't think he's a gadget guy. and 32 rushing yards. He's a kick returner and a punt returner. They use him all over the field. They really He's the kind of player where they just are looking to get the ball in his hands, is, sure. is what I'm getting at here. Um, he's he, got the longest touchdown in the league this year, 82 yards. If you're in a league with bonuses, DJ Moore is definitely a guy uh, that you need to have your eye on. Um my he, question is, is Cam Newton going to look his way on a, reli- on a reliable basis? You know, in the game against Tampa Bay, when Carolina scored 42 points, he only threw the ball to D.J. Moore twice. I'm worried about stuff like that. I feel like D.J. Moore's floor is still very low, but his ceiling is definitely quite high. Um, and, and that's a, you know... That's what you're going for. That's what you're trying to get. I think when you call him a gadgety guy, as far as like doing returns and stuff, it's because he's a rookie and that's how his position was opened up. But he's uh, you know six foot two ten. He's not like a like a tiny Jaquiz Rogers or something like that. But see, that's what uh, what worries me. Like what uh, what Jason said. Um, the the number one receiver in Carolina seems to be like a third, maybe even fourth option in the passing game. I mean, it right. seems it seems like the number one option is Christian McCaffrey. The number two the number option two is option Greg is to Olson. run it with. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is to the, run it. Is, is then Ken, you got Greg Olson. Right, yeah. Greg Olson. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a um, you know, a, a wide receiver three to uh, to fill in, I do think DJ Moore does have some sort of value there for the rest of the season. So, uh, so a little trend I'm looking at here: the last two games where they lost. Um, he had five and eight targets. So I, I think maybe in games where it's going to be close or they could be losing are games where they're going to need to focus a little bit more on the passing game. So coming up this week against Seattle definitely is going to be that case. Sure. I would start DJ Moore this week. I Well, I of course agree with that, but I have to mention that, you know, uh, uh, being a um, – being a rookie and being that there's a trend going up right now and also that before this four game, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, tape on the guy. Uh, he was out there, of course, but, but he wasn't taking as many snaps as some of the other guys were. I, I, would, uh, I would warrant all of this as saying that he will be doing more snaps and getting more targets going forward. So that's what I'm always looking for is, do they have more snap counts going forward? Do they have more targets going forward? Then that's a guy who's going to be a startable guy going forward. But I agree with you guys. If you look at the past games, I mean, he has been up and down. But but this is the part of the time of the year, right, where you have to uh, you have to risk these guys that you don't know. If you just take the regular guys, then you're not going to get anything. He's definitely worth a flyer. Definitely worth a flyer. Oh yeah, he should be owned in most of the leagues. Yeah. He is currently owned in 57 percent of Yahoo leagues, so it may still be around out there. Uh, had a big bump of 18 percent with the waivers overnight. 
So Traquan Smith is kind of a roller coaster ride this season. It's been interesting because, of course, rookies can be inconsistent. He had a, a breakout performance in Week 5 with three receptions for 111 yards and two touchdowns. And then after that, a little bit of a lukewarm performance. But this is kind of all coinciding also with the Saints not trusting Smith 100%, going out there trying to find a new number two wide receiver for their team. They looked at a lot of people. They ended up signing Des Bryant. Des Bryant, of course, uh, famously uh, in his first or, or second practice or something, uh, had an Achilles uh, out for the season and maybe some of next year. Uh, the point of all this is that because we know Traquan had a good game already and was focused on a couple times from Drew Brees as a, as a, as a receiver, Week 11 uh, brought us a monster game of 10 receptions for 157 yards and a touchdown. Now, of course, they scored a lot of points during that game, but what's important is the 10 receptions, the targets that Brees gave him, and all of the situation that happened before with looking for a new number two, blah, 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 um, listening to Drew Brees and Sean Payton and Trey Quan doing their uh, press conferences after the game, it seems like a level of trust is there that wasn't there before. So I do really like uh, the fact that he seems to be the, the new guy, but because of situational things and because of how he performed, he may end up being the number two receiver for the Saints, which is amazing. Uh, of course, he does have a foot injury that may keep him out of this week's game on Thursday. Uh, I think it's Thursday night. He did practice today, though, so that's a pretty good sign that he's uh, going to go tomorrow night. Yeah, so he's questionable. But uh, I like Smith going forward, and again, uh, a guy that you you have to kind of risk a little bit because he's been up and down, but weigh the the trends and look at it and say, this is clearly their guy. There's nobody else there. Brandon Marshall's not going to step in and suddenly get six receptions. I, yeah, I would hesitate to fall in love with that uh, 13 targets for 10 catches line. The previous week when they scored 51 points in Cincinnati, he had zero targets. Uh, last week... Yes, he uh, had one week with zero targets, yes. But it was just two weeks ago. Um, and last week, uh, Michael Thomas only had four targets. So I, you know that that number is going to go back up. I think that they're going to sort of even out, and Michael Thomas will definitely be receiving more targets going forward. My worry is all of the people on the team, on the Saints, are going to get a little piece. You know, you've got um, Keith Kirkwood, uh, Josh Hill, Dan Arnold, uh Austin Carr, all these people are getting at least two targets in the game. You know, Drew Brees spreads it around perhaps more than any other quarterback in the league. So just like with DJ Moore we were talking about, I would be concerned that Traquan Smith is going to get enough uh, work to make it, um, you know, an every, every week starter. However, because he is on this juggernaut of an offense, um, I think that you want him on your team and that you will probably uh, – go to start him most weeks you know he's playing Atlanta this week and Tampa Bay in two weeks uh maybe you skip the Dallas game but you know definitely against Atlanta and against Tampa Bay um especially because this week I think a lot of people actually have bye week problems because yeah. all of the Rams and all of the Chiefs right. are gone and those are all the best players <laughs> that aren't on the Saints of course I agree with you I just urge you to understand that you know uh with these guys we're talking about people that had good performances are trending up and could do well going forward so if you don't take risks, then you won't get the good players at the end of the season. I'm, I know. I'm just saying that uh, you know don't expect another game with 13 targets at all. 
I wouldn't expect to see him get more than seven or eight targets the rest of the season in any single game. And for, uh, I mean, for a wide receiver three, I mean, that's pretty much what I'm looking for. I mean, Drew Brees is going to be throwing the ball 30 or 40 times a game. So the uh, Clearly he's not getting 13 targets every game, man. Because, <laughs> right, again, yeah, very high ceiling because of the team he's on. I mean, he had 111 yards on three catches and two touchdowns earlier in the season. That's amazing. That's the things. I mean, they, they, they do the long ball. Exactly. So... You know, Atlanta gives up plenty of the long ball. Dallas does not. Tampa Bay does. So, uh, you know, my recommendation, start him uh, in week 12 and 14. But find a replacement for him next week because it's not uh, a good matchup. And perhaps these are the kind of players that you stick with matchups. It's not a good matchup for the Saints, he says. Not a good matchup for Traquan Smith. (laughs) The Saints will be fine against Dallas. So Gus Edwards, a guy that most people were not familiar with so far in 2018, but after last week they suddenly became you know more familiar with, right? Uh, he, no, he's still just a name to me. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> well, he's from Rutgers. He's an undrafted free agent, and he had limited playing time earlier this season, although he did uh, play in several games, and actually in week six had 10 rushes for 42 yards. Uh, I believe I heard some preliminary discussion about the guy, but because there's so many running backs on Baltimore, you know, what are you to do? Talk about these guys that are so far down on the depth chart, right? You've got Alex Collins, you've got Javorius Allen, you have uh, Ty Montgomery, um, and now you also have Alex Collins, or or, sorry. Gus um, Edwards. Sorry? Gus Edwards. Oh, no, no, I'm referring to Kenneth Dixon, uh, who is is returning uh, IR uh, designated to return. Uh, So he may also be part of that mix. And there's so many guys on this team. But Gus Edwards is doing well with Lamar Jackson. If that becomes their scheming and their quarterback going forward, maybe the team just decides to shift. And Alex Collins has not done well over the past couple of weeks, whereas Gus put up 115 yards on 17 rushes and a touchdown. So changing of the guard... Or some kind of hot hand system with like four different guys. Now, I do know this. Uh, The reason why he was the number one or number two waiver wire pickup this past week in almost all leagues is because any guy who gets over 100 yards and a touchdown out of nowhere could easily be a guy who wins you a league at the end of the year. And also because the Ravens have continually struggled with who should be the guy for the past couple years. After Ray Rice, in fact, they've had really nobody who was the number one (laughs) guy who was just always going to be that person. So what I'm struggling with here is two things, which is just, uh, is is this the guy who, who could lead the Ravens rushing attack for the rest of the year? If it is, clearly he's a running back two at lowest. Uh, for the rest of the year. And if he's not, then he's going to end up being someone who oh, has little to no actual fantasy relevance in a uh, scheme that has four or five running backs that are that are going off at different times. So I happen to think that uh, because the coach is in danger right now, because the whole system is in danger right now, they're just going to go with what works. And what works appears to be Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? I personally still think that this is Alex Collins' backfield. Um, I mean, he didn't have that great of a game last week, but he still found the end zone, I believe. He uh, uh, still scored against the Bengals. Um, that is a, a good point as far as a... Um, he did get to dance his Irish jig. <laughs> there you go, exactly. <laughs> um, the um, oh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, the, the partnership, for lack of a better term, with uh, with the new quarterback in Lamar Jackson. That may be something to uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, but me personally, I still think that this is a uh, an Alex Collins uh, backfield. I, I what what I see on this team is um, a coach who was probably getting near the hot seat. Uh, they went into the bye and came out with an entirely different offense. So let me preface whatever I'm gonna b- about to say with. This is a brand new offense. I treat it like I've seen them in one game. So I really have no idea what the tendency of the Ravens is going to be going forward. Yeah, but the but whole the whole purpose you, of giving advice and, and having these kinds of shows is, is isn't is it? Like, you know, deciding... I'm about, I'm about to give some advice. Right, right. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you do have to have some risk, right? I, and, and, and what I'm saying is there, there are more unknowns with this team because they have decided to change the entire way they play offense. Yeah. Uh, than there are with other teams, and we can't predict as much. What we what we can see is that uh, Alex Collins has only gotten twelve, uh, more than twelve carries twice this year. Uh, the last four weeks, it's only been 11, 11, 9, and seven. They are going away from Alex Collins. That's I'm correct. Sorry, Ted. It, I do not agree with you. I it, do not think that it's this a trend. Is Alex Collins is back here anymore. It's a trend you can right. follow. They're going away from Alex Collins. He only has three point six yards per carry this year. Uh, his seven touchdowns are great, and that's sort of saving him in fantasy. If he had, like, three touchdowns this year, everyone would have been dumping him on Oh, absolutely. So, I, I don't like Alex Collins. Is Gus Edwards the answer? Like I said, I don't even know who the hell this guy is. I don't think he is. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is going to take away from whatever sort of production you're hoping to get from the running back position. I mean, Dave, you're talking about taking risk. I mean, if you do anything with the uh, the Ravens' offense at this point, you're taking a risk. Of there, course you are. <laughs> of course. But but you have to remember that every single year, there's a couple guys that come on at some point midseason, and they change the game. It always Alex is Collins was that guy exactly. last year. Yeah. Exactly. He, he was a big but, pickup at the end of the but year. But Alex Collins was never really signed off against from Baltimore. They, they never really said, this is the guy. And I never believed that they actually latched on to him. Sure, and they're not saying that about... Gus Edwards either, but he may be a guy who gets uh, 15 or more carries every game for the rest of the year. And I don't necessarily agree what you're saying about Lamar Jackson and, and Gus not being able to carry it uh, because it worked just fine uh, the previous game. They're not going to carry it 44 times again. Though. I don't know that that's true. I, I mean, they may run those guys out and they may ruin them for forever in the football league, but what they're doing is what they're doing. It, I mean... I don't know why the Bengals couldn't stop it, but I can't imagine that many teams would hesitate to put to not put nine guys in the box. I'm just telling you just to watch to stop this. watch the Ravens. They're just going to rush. But you know they play Oakland and Atlanta and then Kansas City. All three of those teams are terrible against the rush. Exactly my point, my friend. They're just going to rush forever. They're going to have like 300 rushing yards a game. It's going to happen. That's why I'm saying. Please pick up these players because even if the NFL does eventually figure it out, and even if they end up playing good teams against the rush, they're not doing it in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Gus Edwards owning fifty-two percent of Yahoo leagues right now. He is a free agent in so, our league, so we're split on him. And, and clearly, most of these guys are split on. And, and if you look at how uh, much they're owned in Yahoo leagues, for example, it's only forty, fifty percent. Exactly. So everyone's split on them. 
But but you have to decide listening to the literal definition of being split on people. You have to decide based on what we're saying, based on what you can figure out. You know, um, is this a guy you want to pick up? So I like some of these guys, not all of them, but all of them have the possibility of being like top twenty guys for the rest of the year. Who who, the guys who we've mentioned so far? My favorite out of that group is Traquan Smith. Um, I, I do think that he. Uh, is worthy of starting, uh, like I said, the next couple of weeks. I like Lamar Jackson because if he ends up being the quarterback there and Flacco doesn't come back and they keep winning games, he's going to have a floor higher than almost any other quarterback. Well, we're about to touch on the reason why I don't think that uh, you should have Lamar Jackson on your team. Uh, Tampa Bay? I think that Jameis Winston is a, is going to score more fantasy points. Unless he throws four interceptions and Ryan Fitzpatrick goes I'm, I'm, in. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't trust a Tampa quarterback right now. Well, this is what we're talking about. So, um, so Tampa Bay um, ADD of quarterbacks at this point, they should probably just switch off halves. But it wouldn't be good for us fantasy owners. Um, actually, when you look at any of those guys, either Fitzpatrick or Winston, playing an entire half, starting and ending the game, they're basically a quarterback one every single time, with very few exceptions. So going up against the next three opponents, San Francisco, Carolina, and New Orleans, all of which have been good for uh, fantasy production from opposing quarterbacks, it seems very clear that you should always start whoever it is that's the quarterback for Tampa Bay if you don't have someone better. And right now it's Jameis Winston. So so Jason, you were just about to tell us about Jameis. I'm going to agree with you. But you, you have to make sure, one, not to spend too much money on the guy if you're like in an auction uh, league. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and two, if you're playing him, you should know that he could at any time be pulled for Ryan Fitzpatrick because it's happened already twice. Um, Jameis Winston, I mean, I'm talking 5 $6 pickup at most for a $100 budget. You're not going to break the bank with him. Um, but when you don't have Goff or Mahomes this week, you're going to need a backup quarterback. Uh, I thought Winston was a great pickup this week. He was right above um, Mr. Jackson, Mr. Lamar Jackson. So um, uh, it's not that I don't like Lamar Jackson. I just think that Jameis Winston is going to score more fantasy points. That's why I like him more. Um, And and he's got good matchups. San Francisco, Carolina, and then New Orleans. Uh, I I don't like the New Orleans matchup because New Orleans defense has finally started stopping other teams. Um, But against San Francisco, against Carolina – uh, I definitely think that Winston can put up, you know, three touchdowns and only throw like two picks. I might bet you Lamar Jackson versus Jameis Winston. That's an interesting bet, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, do you like Jameis Winston as a guy to go forward with on your fantasy team if you don't have someone who's a top five quarterback? I I can honestly say I have never seen a team switch quarterbacks in the middle of a game more than Tampa has this year. Right. That in itself. Just scares me. I don't want to. I don't want to start my uh, my quarterback for a week. It's like playing the play Cleveland Browns a... on fast forward or something. I'm, I'm saying exactly. <laughs> I mean, if if, <laughs> if there's a Jameis Winston available, then there's probably an Andy Dalton available or some or somebody else that's available that is more than likely going to play the entire game. Uh, I I just I have absolutely no faith whatsoever in a Tampa Bay quarterback this year. That's the risk you're playing there. Is that yes, either one of them might be a QB one if they play the whole game, but statistically, there's like a one in four chance that they don't. Maybe one in three at this point. I'm not sure, but it's 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 actually really high that they don't actually play the whole game at this point. But that's not good. Um, well, Winston's got three starts on the year, uh, and one of those games he has four touchdowns, and the other ones he has 
The other two he has one touchdown. Yeah, that's not that's not a great <laughs> not great stats. But I agree with you that if he's playing and playing for multiple games, he's a good start. Uh, he's probably a low end QB one. That's where he was drafted, etc. That's great. But the fact that Fitzpatrick has already come in the game twice and then already failed twice is terrible news. Yeah, I think the old adage that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. I mean, that is the perfect deal. No, I picked up Winston, for example, but I'm in a super flex league where there's two quarterbacks that I'm starting that are not named Winston, and he's a backup. (laughs) You know, I I would be very upset with starting Winston in a one-quarterback league personally. Just for one week. He's my bye week replacement. I just, I'm not 100% that he's going to finish the game. That's all. That's the problem. But, yes, it should be okay. It should be okay. Thank you for the reassurance. <laughs> Isn't that what we said every time Fitzpatrick started? It should be okay this week. Fitzpatrick will be okay. It should be okay. Be okay. So I saw a, a really cool stat, and uh, this is half-ass internet research, of course, but um, Jameis Winston, if he throws 28 passes per game for the rest of the year, will still finish the season uh, if he throws 28 passes per game with no interceptions, <laughs> he will still finish the season with a higher intercept, the highest interception rate of his career. He has an absurd amount of interceptions. Uh, 11 interceptions in five games, three starts. You know, two, 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 four, one. Uh, and in the one, he finally got benched. But he's averaging, um, you know... Three interceptions a game. Almost. Yeah, the stat that I have down is Fitzpatrick and Winston have combined for twenty-three interceptions, which is seven more than any other quarterback in the league. Yeah. So I mean, th- both are bad, and I just I kind of get a kick out of what's happening right now. I, I gotta. He's throwing interceptions on six point seven percent of his passes. The great part is that Mike Evans tends to do well regardless. So go Mike Evans. Who, you know? yo, right, that's so this, this is really <laughs> what we need to know is. Who are each guy's guys, right? So, well, it seems like Mike the- Evans is good for everybody, and OJ Howard is now out, right? So, Cameron Brait is going to be the tight end. Um, well, we'll talk he- about these guys a little later, but I okay. think Cameron Brait and Adam Humphreys are very good for Winston. And then um, you've got Godwin for and maybe Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm sorry, Godwin and Jackson for Fitzpatrick, probably. I mean, they're just Godwin's a middle guy, and uh, uh, I guess I would, I guess I would say, I don't know. It's too much. It's too much back and forth. I think, like Jason said, with uh, the Rams and Chiefs in the bye this week, and so many receivers that are uh, that are on the bye, I think I think Humphreys would be a decent uh, uh, bye week filler for for this year for this week. Yeah, Marcus Mariota just starting to pick up steam, and with it, the rest of the Titans offense. So Jonu Smith, that we talked about at length previously, was appearing on the tight end radar. Corey Davis was almost a WR one on that team, doing super well. Uh, well, not only on that team, but but in fantasy, he was just doing great. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, with Mariota out, injuring his elbow, which is the same elbow, by the way, guys. Uh, he does that... not have an elbow injury. I thought. I thought it was not to his elbow. Okay, well, you can update me. Uh, but but the injury that he has now is certainly not adding to the injury that he had earlier this year. It's uh, listed as a neck injury. So so no problems said, here, guys. Don't worry about it. Just some, a neck injury. Some people said elbow, but it's a <laughs> it's a neck. Got it. No, it's not an elbow. It's a neck. It's fine. It's a, no worries. Well, they called it a stinger. They're like, no, it's not his elbow. No, it's not a concussion. It's not a tumor. I'm not sure I agree with anything they're saying. Uh, <laughs> but we know this. Uh, he, he may not play this upcoming week, and he obviously has issues just like he did at the beginning of the year. 
uh, if he's not able to play or not able to play at 100%, then all those guys on that team, Derek Henry, Deion Lewis, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, are not going to play at the levels they did before. So these players that we recommended picking up and were doing very well are no longer recommended plays as far as I'm concerned, unless he's 100% and back. So I guess we'll we'll look for it. Um, but, but as of right now, isn't he still injured and questionable to play? Or um, So the update uh, from the Roto World player news feed is that he considers himself play day-to-day. Um, we'll know, but he starts on Monday night. You know, they play on Monday night, so we're likely going to need to make lineup decisions on Sunday or even Thursday this week with the three games on Thursday. So I would say um, don't really rely on any of the Titans this week. Now, especially against Houston. I mean, the, the way that they've been playing. The defense um, has been good. Yeah I, yeah, I would steer clear of basically all Titans. Yeah, then they play the Jets and Jacksonville. So, you know, give the uh, give the Titans a week to recover maybe. And they'll come back and they'll surprise you with a good game or two before the end of the year. <laughs> Everyone in the Redskins is injured. It started with Darius Geis, uh, ACL for the year. It spread to Jameson Crowder, Chris Thompson, Alex Smith with a broken leg. So almost everyone there is injured except for the old guy, Adrian Peterson and Colt McCoy. Um, So is this team a team that can continue to win games somehow through all of the madness? I don't think so. I think that it's all just fucked up for the Redskins at this point. I don't think he can can lead an injury-ridden offense to anything. And uh, the only thing I find interesting on that team, the only thing, is that uh, Colt McCoy is going to love Jordan Reed because he's going to pass it off all the time uh, as uh, pressure is coming at him. And Jordan Reed might once again be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've actually, uh, I took the uh, strategy this year of my uh, fantasy drafts to uh, kind of lay low as far as tight ends go. I ended up with Jordan Reed on most of my leagues and it's, it's, it's been a bit of a struggle to <laughs> yeah. say the least this year, but uh, to say the least, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, when when uh, Colt McCoy came in, he found the end zone uh, last week. Uh, I, I'm excited about a Jordan Reed bump here, but um, yeah, as far as winning games, I, I well, I'll tell you what, I don't have confidence that the Redskins will win this week. Uh, little nod to my little post there. Yeah. 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 So um, check out uh, confidence pool picks from Tad on Drink5.com, of course. They're up now. Yes, very good. Uh, the, the thing about Colt McCoy is that he's best when playing against Dallas. So he has his That's highest a ridiculous stat. I... career. He's played against them three times. He's 2-1. and one. He has a 108 quarterback rating against them. A uh, couple touchdowns. Um, you know, that's his best matchup, so to speak. Uh, but that doesn't make career. sense. They're not even. They're not even the same Dallas. It doesn't. It's not comparable. Well, it's always been starting for Washington at least. <laughs> While starting for Washington, when he plays Dallas, he does well against them. All right. He's beaten them a couple of times. Um, this is exactly the kind of game that Dallas, you know, who's been up and crazy for the last couple of games, playing very well, that they could easily lose on Thanksgiving. However, I don't see the Redskins winning any more football this year. Um, they probably have a terrible schedule remaining. Um, yeah, Dallas, Philadelphia, the Giants, maybe they win a couple of those, but they're, they're, they're all of a sudden the worst team in the division, right? Yeah. No, I still think the Giants are probably going to – they got that bottom spot. Uh, I yeah, think but the Giants have Beckham and Barkley. I think the Giants, uh, they got their head out of water for a little bit, but then they, they will drown shortly. Is that what you kind of think? I mean, fantasy-wise, I would take Giants <laughs> – 
Gi- I don't. As far as fantasy goes, I don't understand how the Giants have as bad a record as they do with the, with the weapons that they have. Of course. But as far as an actual just offensive line, I got three NFL, letters for you, Eli. I mean, it's a word made of three letters, but yeah, I see what you're saying there. That's E L I. No longer a good quarterback. Questionable if he ever was really a very good quarterback. We've got Glenn in the chat room. He says AP for life. The Washington Redskins are going to win. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I might Sorry, I might bet him. Uh, I'll, I'll contact you offline here about the Redskins. But honestly, even AP cannot have a good game when there's no one on that team that's even healthy right now. It's not going to happen. I still think, however, that Jordan Reed might be a good play, especially in PPR leagues, because I bet you he dips it off to him eight times. You know, uh, uh, McCoy is really good at that. He's a game manager guy that dips off to the tight end and also to running backs in the backfield. That's kind of how he plays. Uh, similar to a Kyle Orton. Um, you guys know Kyle Orton, right? Neckbeard. Yeah, Mr. Neckbeard, <laughs> beautiful neckbeard. himself. So uh, why don't we move on here, uh, Jason, and uh, get to the next segment. So, so we have Tad in the uh, in the studio here, and Tad is a big fan of the Oakland Raiders, and has been a long, long time fantasy football aficionado and uh, expert himself. I want to talk about the Raiders, who are his favorite team. Am I right on that? Raiders' favorite team, Tad. Raiders are indeed the favorite team. Okay, so a couple questions for you: um, Is there any fantasy value left on this team in 2018? <laughs> so Jalen Richard. Just rushed for 61 yards on 11 carries and caught three passes for 32. Now, Gruden seems to like him. I heard some uh, things from a press conference that said that he thought that Richard could be a guy going forward uh, that would produce as one of the main running backs on his team. But they also have Doug Martin, DeAndre Washington. Uh, with Marshawn Lynch out, those three guys tend to be trading. So uh, can you tell me what's going to flesh out over the next couple of games as far as running backs are concerned for them? And is there one that's startable in a standard uh, scoring um, fantasy league? Well, Gruden also said that he was very excited to uh, focus his offense on um, Amari Cooper. Yeah. So <laughs> so that worked out pretty uh, well so far. So that, that would be the So Gruden's a liar is what you're saying. Right now. Um, I, yeah, I think what you're saying as far as the the splits go, um, I really have no confidence in starting a, an Oakland running back. Um, if any, I would actually probably put Doug Martin um, at the number one spot there with the the running backs. Um, I, the big knock with him was when after Marshawn uh, Marshawn Lynch got injured. The big knock with him was that oh he's not that much uh, out of the backfield as far as a uh, pass catcher goes. Mm-hmm. But from what I've been seeing, he's been uh, he's been catching the ball. They've been throwing to him uh, a decent amount. Um, so I would probably put him first, uh, Rashard second, and uh, Washington third. Uh, but again, I mean that's if I mean you're top four running backs have all been injured and you're just like struggling. so you're not even putting martin in as a as a flex spot <sighs> no you're troubled I especially you I can't mean, he got benched last week in it, the second half i mean exactly i, I mean, thought he got injured well <laughs> i mean 
he's not really that injured, so it's one of those like, oh, yep, you're you're a little banged up. Better go sit down. All right, all right. I think that's what it was. Uh, Jared Cook is still considered to be a top ten tight end this year, almost every week. Uh, myself, uh, in, in doing rankings, I tend to put him there as well because he's had some great weeks. He still does. He's a little inconsistent, however. Uh, I'm wondering, is that bankable uh, this week against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as uh, as a top 10? Ravens. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, AFC We're North. We're not talking about Pittsburgh. Right? AFC North. I just, too much Lamar Jackson talk for me. <laughs> I'm like, thank God we don't have Cordell Stewart anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Jared Cook, is that a guy who uh, you'd be interested in starting still? Or if you have him, are you trying to trade him out or, uh, well, now, uh, drop him and pick up someone else? Um, I'll tell you what. I would say that Cook is a play um, simply because they've got to throw to somebody. Uh, The... um, the, rece- the receiving corp is just so banged up. I mean, after Cooper left, um, I mean, Jordy Nelson has been injured, but I think he's going to be back uh, this week, but he hasn't exactly done anything to uh, warrant any sort of confidence in yeah. the lineup. Yeah. Um, Seth Roberts, I have always been a, been a fan of as a, a number three receiver, but that's all. Well, I mean, now we're talking about receivers with uh, Mart- Martavis Bryant going down with an Achilles yeah. and Jordy Nelson injured, but may, may come back this week. Still hasn't been uh, surprising or anything. He's not really stepping up as a WR1 there. In fact, I kind of agree with the fake news earlier this year that he should probably just retire now that he's on the Raiders. <laughs> uh, but my question is, uh, uh, with Seth Roberts and uh, the new rookie they have, Marcel uh, Aitman, uh, he who had four receptions for 50 yards in his first NFL game last week, are any of those guys guys that you would think of uh, maybe getting up on your team, especially in a deep league? Um. I'll tell you what, no. I have absolutely no faith in anybody other than uh, the Jerry Cook on the the Raider offense. Um, the, the, the the receivers have just been way too inconsistent. Um, and, and even, uh, it was funny, uh, Brandon LaFell started to uh, yeah, yeah. Um, started to jump up, then uh, you know take, take the role as a number one. Uh, okay, he's getting some numbers, making some good catches, and he's gone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another another bye bye ACL. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Um, it's I mean, just a curse. It's like an Egyptian tomb they're entering they're, today. They're just not – 2008 – they've already gone to Vegas. Uh, they, they've already decided – they've already packed up mentally. <laughs> I want to know, what do you think of the move to Vegas? Are you excited for it? Well, I'll tell you what. My whole stance was that I am a Raider fan that lives – 2,000 miles east of Oakland. It doesn't matter sure, where they so are. I, I, I don't, They're moving and, a little bit closer. Exactly. Vegas exactly. is probably Vegas better because then you get to go to Vegas. But my thing is that <laughs> as long as they don't have to kick field goals from second base, I'm good. <laughs> get I them out of that so field. I'm so done seeing that yeah. goddamn baseball field when I'm trying to watch football. Um, I'm very excited to uh, to just get out to Vegas and next year, who the hell knows where they're, uh, they're going to be. Monday night's game may be the greatest argument for – Making sure you never play on a bad field again. Because think of what that game would have been, would have looked like if it was in Mexico <laughs> right? City. Yeah. There would have been eight busted ankles and three torn ACLs, and guys would have been getting concussions, landing on the concrete. Inside Instead, note, we got like the greatest track meet we've seen in our lifetimes. And inside note, I don't know. Two if you bad guys, defenses meet each other. What happens? I don't know if you guys saw, they made but big plays at least. They've already announced that they're going to be going back to Mexico City next year, right? And it's going to be the Raiders. Because why not? Well, it's been I mean, the Raiders several times before, hasn't it? Yeah, this is actually uh, the the two years before they played. Um, 
I think the they Patriots, the Patriots one year. They yeah. played the Patriots and then and the, the Niners they, maybe. Uh, no, Houston. Okay, Houston the year before. I think I, it it seems Mexico to me City like they're game. gonna put a team there where there's a, a big Hispanic presence in that city. Sure. Yeah. So you you don't recommend anyone on the Raiders at all except for Jared Cook, especially this week. Let's move on. All right. You know, I, I are you sure I don't have any more words about the Raiders, Dave? Uh. If you, if you I want. feel we can do an entire episode on the Raiders. I mean, that's. I'm not no going to attend that episode. <laughs> I'm off that day. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then. What a beautiful, beautiful song. <laughs> so let's get on to fantasy subtractions. Uh, these are people that you really should have cut from your team already, in my opinion. I'm going to pass it around. So I'm just going to say the name of a guy and kind of a short description, and then I'm going to pass it clockwise. So that's to Jason and then Tad. You guys say your piece. We'll move it on. Uh, but but we do have a lot of guys to cover. So unless uh, you have a whole lot, if you want to just cut them, just say cut them. Yeah. So Maurice Harris, wide receiver, Washington, his snap count has dwindled down and the new quarterback there, Colt McCoy, might have more chemistry with their rookie slot receiver, Trey Quinn. That's what it looks like to me. I say cut him. Jason? Oh, yeah, cut him. Um, You know, he had the one flash in the pan. That was fun, but he still didn't even have a touchdown in the air. Dad? Yeah, no, simply just, just got him. Ido Smith, running back, Atlanta. I love this guy. Um, I think that he still maybe has some piece of the puzzle in Atlanta, but probably not as an all-star. He had a part in every game so far and scored a couple of touchdowns. In fact, for a while, he has a touchdown streak. But he's not playing to a high enough level where he's someone that you should have on your team every week. And now Tevin Coleman has been leading the snap count and the charge for Atlanta's pretty terrible running game. I say cut Ido Smith. Jason? Oh, I... I'm scolding you for still having him on your team. <laughs> Tad? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, like I said, Tevin Coleman has definitely taken over as the uh, the clear-cut number one um, in Atlanta, so I'd say you're good to cut. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for these. Uh, if you do have an objection, make it a strong one, right? Because these guys are guys you should uh, probably have cut already. Nelson Aguilar. Tate has shifted Aguilar to outside routes, which he doesn't do as well with consistently as he does with snaps in the slot. Now, this is something that I've noticed from what's happening in Philadelphia games in general. Aguilar has been pretty good this year, but not since Tate got there. I don't see him doing better. Am I wrong? Aguilar, you are not wrong. He's not going to do better. The magic of the Eagles last year was held in the hands of Frank Reich. Frank Reich is now the head coach in Indy, and he is doing magical things with Andrew Luck instead. So don't expect much from the Eagles for the rest of the year. Nelson Aguilar, Tad? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Golden Tate is Nelson Aguilar, only a lot better. So go ahead and cut that. Nelson and Aguilar. he's not even, like, uh, integrated into the offense. So, right. you know, both of them are going to be bad for a while, right? Mike Davis, running back Seattle. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are putting a uh, pretty low ceiling on any fantasy relevance here. Jason? Oh, don't drop him, I guess, but... Don't start him unless Chris Carson is out with an injury. Again. I don't see how you can own Mike Davis in a standard league. Defend him. Defend him? They run the ball more than probably any team. Defend him being owned like over the past couple of weeks. 
Mike Davis is the backup uh, on a team that runs the ball an awful lot. So the Seattle Seahawks this season are number one in rushing attempts and number one in rushing yards. So you want to own the running back that is on the best rushing offense. If Chris Carson does not play, this is like a handcuff that you actually get to use on a regular basis. So I'm just fine with having Mike Davis and starting Mike Davis if you know ahead of time that he is going to be the starter. See, I, I think that uh, that Rashad Penny has done enough to uh, make to insert himself into the the backup role in Seattle. Hey, so, you're talking to a guy who has Rashad Penny in two dynasty leagues. <laughs> I'm totally all for that. I don't think that Seattle, as a coaching staff, is ready to do that. Jason's not ready to get rid of Mike Davis, but we both are. So that's so fine. Uh, apparently, some people are still I, hanging really? on. Really? That's like, fine. I mean, do you just think that Chris Carson is going to be the guy the rest of the way? Is that it? It's Carson or Penny. It's not Davis anymore. Okay. But, it, but, I mean, look, this is just my opinion uh, and also Tad's opinion, and it has no judgment upon yours. I'm not taking friend. it that way. I'm just thinking I, – I, I guess I'm just seeing it differently than you guys. Well, okay. I, I didn't hear any stats when you were backing it up. Do, do, do I just you, told hit, you. They have, they have the most rushing attempts and rushing yards in the league. That's not – has he been scoring fantasy points over the past couple of weeks? I'm talking about how the team runs the – I'm talking about potential and future – not, not the past. You're talking about dynasty. No, I'm talking about if Mike Davis is the starter because Chris Carson is out, which he has set several games this year, then Mike Davis is going to get a lot of touches. Okay. I'm, I'm only talking about what currently is happening. Right. And, and because Chris Carson is in and out all the time, you keep Mike Davis around. So he's a handcuff. Yes, but he's a handcuff who actually plays. Has he scored points in the last couple of weeks? Um... He's got uh, 58 yards, 62 yards. You know, he's – when he – let's see. Two, three weeks ago, he had over 100 yards from scrimmage with seven catches. Last – or two weeks before that, he had 80 yards uh, with a touchdown. Last week, when Chris Carson was back, he only had six touches. You knew not to start him. He still had 50 yards with the six touches. So you still want to hang on to him. So I'll, I'll remove him with an asterisk on my list. But, but keep in mind that both Ted and I don't think that he's a – uh, a continual. I'm fine uh, with him. He's 4.8 yards per touch this year, uh, four touchdowns. When he is the starter, yes, I, I get it. I get it. The problem with us is that we're just saying we have a team. It's a standard scoring league. He's not a guy who's scoring points for me right now. That's all. Uh, Keelan Cole, wide receiver, Jacksonville, hasn't seen a target since October. Drop him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want him. Drop him. I have uh, had multiple Jaguar receivers <laughs> on my team this year. I, well, this year especially, Jaguars are not the team to have the receivers on. Yeah, right? no, not anymore. I, at, the start, at the start of the season, they were. I was excited to have Keelan Cole on my team at the yeah, beginning of the year. Yeah. But then November hit. Remember when we minutes. used to like Bortles? Like, uh, <laughs> we, we, all of us have a love-hate relationship with Bortles and his receivers, I in think. My, in my Remember case, Cecil Shorts? Bortles! In my confidence picks, I picked the Bills to beat the Jaguars. I mean, what? I, that's just, I, I, don't, I don't understand what's happened to the Jaguars. I understand. Uh, Naheem Hines, return of Marlon Mack, has him on the fringes. He might be okay in a PPR league, but his snaps are dwindling. He has to be cut from teams, yes? I don't think you're allowed to talk about the comeback of Marlon Mack without referring to it as the return of the Mack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cut him. Uh, yeah, Heinz only six touches each of the last two weeks. Um, with Mr. Mack, I don't really see a lot of space. But they're winning games and they're running the ball a lot. But don't keep Heinz around. 
Michael Crabtree, wide receiver, Baltimore, not living up to expectations with Flacco, now with Jackson. He is a cut, absolutely. He throws less, uh, just not happening. He wasn't even doing well before. Why would he do well now with a guy who throws less? Uh, cut, cut, cut. Jason? Uh, Dave, I totally have to agree with you on cut Michael Crabtree at this point. Now, that being said, I had the decision, and I chose not to, to hold them, my Ravens guys for one more week just because I had other moves I could make. Um and I think you don't have to defend your teams as long as you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, uh, Crabtree hasn't uh, reached 100 yards all season. Yeah, he's not. He's not good he's like he was last under year. Under 66 yards, other than one game, he was really good the past couple of years. He was way better. Where? Uh, where? Where? On the Raiders. Yeah. He was in way, Auckland. He was way better there last year than Amari Cooper was. Right. I had him on a team. He was a consistent uh, possession receiver. He Fantastic. was fighting with Aqib Talib. Yeah, and and this year I think he's just kind of done with football. That uh, and he's on the Ravens, and you know, and trending down in reception. Six, five, three, three, one. Yeah, it's not, not good. It's yeah. poo poo. Okay, Lamar Jackson, as our friend as our friend would football. say. So and we, he agrees. Cut him. So that means we only disagreed on one guy. Not bad guys. Not bad. So that particular guy, Mike Davis, uh, I'm going to keep that here, uh, and we'll talk about it in a couple weeks and see if Jason was right or wrong. Uh, The not-for-sure guys, I think we're going to have a lot of disagreements on. So one, Alex Collins. I say cut Alex Collins. I think that he's been trending down. He's not the guy you're looking for. You're not going to start him on a a winning fantasy championship uh, championship team. Alex Collins is not on it. Uh, I can get behind you cutting Alex Collins. Because it is the end of the year and because um, there's no reason to hold the guy to see if he's going to do better in five weeks. It's the end of the year. Get rid of him. Okay. Like I said before, I still think it's uh, it's Collins' uh, team. I still give him a give him about a, I give him I give him another week. Tad loves Alex Collins. See, there's always a guy who has a string. That string has not yet been cut. I'm saying. So, uh, Chris Thompson, he is not playing. He hasn't been playing. The Washington Redskins suck. They have an injury-ridden offense. You cut him. Jason? I cut him. Yeah, yes. It's AP's team. It's AP's team. You can cut him. Okay. Cut the Chris Thompson, please. Demarius Thomas, not doing well on that team. He is not a Will Fuller replacement. He is not the guy that you want to own. I say you don't start him. I say you cut him. Jason? I don't understand how things like Demarius Thomas wind up working. They trade for him. They, they want to <laughs> use him. His very first game, they throw it to him three times in the first drive, and then he doesn't see the ball again for, like, weeks. It's because he's so unimaginative. I... <laughs> He's like sure. a giant block that just runs two routes. You're so, like, <laughs> yeah, cut him. That's yeah, simple. I mean, Kiki is the uh, the number two behind. I uh, totally agree. Right yeah. now, and uh, Kiki is even more of a f- more fun name to say than Demarius. So I it mean, is it's, totally it's, more it's fun. Kiki, yeah. Kiki cutie. We're Kiki. getting we're getting bored of Demarius. We're sorry. Uh, t- t- Terrell Williams or Tyrell Williams. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, I've loved. I know that I'm going to find this out. I loved the the Chargers this year. I like Philip Rivers. Uh, I'm a fan of Mike Williams, although I don't think he's going to really hit his own until next year or the year after. Um, and what's funny is uh, Mike Williams and Willi- and the other Williams, both Williams, cannot be the guy at the same time. For them being kind of second fiddle behind uh, Keenan Allen, they are both going to just not have enough targets week to week. And... For that team, and the way that Philip Rivers ends up spreading the ball around, passing it to Melvin Gordon, passing it to Keenan Allen, I just don't think that either Williams is really playable right now in a redraft league. I cut Williams, all both Williams. Yeah, I'm, as usual, uh, hoping for more from the San Diego. Sorry, 
the Chargers, we'll just go with Chargers, Los Angeles, offense, sir, yes. uh, then I am getting from them. So Tyrell Williams, Dave. Um, Tyrell. Tyrell. He's huge. He's getting targets, six targets each of the last two weeks. He's not doing very much of it. In the last three weeks, he's averaging 11.5 uh, to 11 yards per reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knocking anybody's socks off. Done kind of with that little touchdown spurt that he had. Um, so... <sighs> I, I gotta, I gotta drop him. Plus, he didn't practice Wednesday. He was nursing a. He's having a injury. hard time getting rid of these people. Yeah. Cut him! Cut him! Cut him! All right, Jimmy Graham, broken thumb. Cut him, cut Jason. Him. Cut him. Dad. Cut him. Yeah, cut him. Kyle Rudolph sucks all year. Cut him. Can you cut? Can you cut a tight end that like? You know what? I cut Jared Cook earlier this week. So of <laughs> course I'm cutting. Who'd you replace him with? Um, because I, Jared Cook is a top ten tight not end. Not a tight end. Not a tight end. You replaced him with a running. Oh no, back? I picked. I replaced him with Jack Doyle. Oh, okay, well that's better than Jared Cook, I think. Just, just a little bit. <clears throat> Three places better, perhaps. Jared Cook was much better early in the year. Uh, he is actually, if you wipe OJ Howard out because he's injured now, the number five tight end of the year. <laughs> Jared Cook is. So you know, I, uh, I, I like the guys going forward. So now we're done dropping people. I hope. Sounds good. Oh, I picked the wrong song. <laughs> Dave, you're getting so much intro on this one. I'm I'm familiar with you just introing it out. It's all intro, baby. I sit here, I'm like, where is the guitar? Where is like the music part of this? Can you nope. fast can you just fast forward, please? We're just gonna jump. There we go. Oh yeah, good oh, song. Hey, hey. Sorry for the hard cut there, folks. <laughs> He's like, it's gonna be forty five seconds. Gonna be forty five seconds. This will teach me to prepare music ahead of time. Can I get a glass of that hailstorm beer? Do you? I'll take. I'll take uh, that one. That's fine. You'll take Ted's glass. Yeah. Well, sure. We're, we're good like that. All right, guys. Thank you so much. So for subtractions, I have to admit, it went smoother than I thought it would. And there's only a couple guys that uh, that were contentious, right? So Alex Collins, Tad wants to keep and hold on to. Um, and uh, who was the guy that Jason wanted to hold on to? Mike Davis. I'm holding so Mike Davis. So we, we'll yeah. revisit them in, uh, in a week or two when Jason gets back from his sabbatical in Hawaii. And uh, we'll decide, um, based on the statistics, were either of those choices good? And uh, it'll be an interesting discussion. Collins will be. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about fantasy additions. Collins is going to get like eight carries over the next three weeks. <laughs> and seven touchdowns. <laughs> Look, if he does, then it's all good, you know. You've done That's what pretty you good. So uh, additions are the opposite side of subtractions, obviously. Guys that you should be carrying on your team and owning. Uh, Jason, can you do me a favor and look up some of these guys as far as uh, how, how much they're owned in Yahoo Leagues? Will you do that for me? Yeah, um, I'm just okay. Go ahead with the first guy. He was doing something else. That's I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just interested because the first guy on the list is. Oh, I scrolled up. That's my problem. Okay, I'm like, why are we adding Maurice Harris? We just dropped him. <laughs> but I'm like, here's who you need to, to drop, and then I can add them. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So fantasy additions. Josh Adams, we've talked about for the past two podcasts. Forty five percent owned in Yahoo. Maybe Leagues. maybe the past three. I believe I had him when no one had him and I on We were my talking list. about him uh 
during the bye week. Yeah, I said like you need during to pick his him bye up. Week week nine, and then he played ten. And, and then, then he played, and then we're picking him last up last week. Fifty three yards and a touchdown. Still only seven touches because they were getting their asses smashed by but Drew Brees. What's important about that is seventy percent of the Eagles' rushing attempts last week. And they're obviously go- <laughs> carried the ball ten times. They're obviously going oh. with him as their main running back. Now, uh, I granted the Eagles are not doing a great job, but don't you still want the guy who is the number one rusher on that team? You absolutely do. So, sure, I think that you could have more success with Josh Adams than say a Gus Edwards. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know about that, but 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 I do know that uh, that Josh Adams is more clearly the number one. Than Gus Edwards is. Definitely. Is, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Specifically. Fantasy wise, for the rest of the season, I would rather have Josh Adams. Yes, but that's specifically because you've it's been demonstrated. Been demonstrated. Uh, Theo Riddick, running back Detroit, he uh, will catch five plus passes every single game. He's filling in for Tate, but he's not as good as Tate. However, in a PPR league, it doesn't really matter because if he gets five, six, seven passes a game and his 30, 40 yards because he has no yards after catch, he's still going to be a great guy to fill in for your flex position or uh, um, like a maybe even a running back two spot if you're desperate. Plus, I mean, with Gary uh, Johnson injury issues, you got to... And he'll, yes, but Zach Zenner will probably come in and fill in more for that. But Theo Riddick will have some rushes. So I agree with you. Uh, but Kerryon Johnson, I only expect, according to news reports at least right now, to be out for one week. I think, I think he'll be back in the following week. Theo Riddick, owned in 49% of Yahoo Leagues, has uh, nine carries on the season. He, in a standard league, and I know you're talking mostly about PPR, but in a standard league has not passed six points um, I am not because Kerryon Johnson was playing, and and he's always in in the past had a bigger role in both things when he is playing without a standard running back because Detroit hasn't had a Kerryon Johnson in like eight years or something, and now he's gone this week. Okay, I I just don't think I mean the the Bears have uh, young don't fast... play him in a standard league, right? And period. the Bears have young fast linebackers that are going to catch this guy. He's still going to get six passes in the game. That's all I'm saying. It's fine. I, I'm just I'm not drinking the Riddick Kool Aid this year. Well, I don't think anyone's drinking the Riddick Kool Aid, man. Uh, Rex Burkhead could come off IR week 13. Uh, there's a lot of running backs over on New England way, but a lot of them are injured. Uh, and right now we have James White and we have Sony Michelle. Uh, and it looks like we might have Burkhead coming back in the next couple of weeks. Now we know that Burkhead is a prized asset by. Uh, Bill Belichick, but we don't know how he fits into this offense currently. So uh, he's a pickup that's perspective, right? And we don't know how it will work. Um, If you're someone who picks up New England uh, running backs who is already masochistic, might as well pick up another one. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't think he's a... I think he's a stash. I don't think he's a start. Um, he's he would be uh, good to uh, to see how he's uh, how he comes back into this offense. Uh, you know, like like I said, he's eligible to come back in week thirteen, week fourteen, week fifteen, week sixteen. We're talking uh, fantasy playoffs, so maybe stash him and just see how he does. It's the New England offense; it can go off for thirty, forty points uh, at will. So it could very well. Uh, um, you know, if he comes in, he you know he's you know catching balls out of the backfield. He could help you in the playoffs. I don't like him at all. I mean, Dave, you're the one who's saying that Tom Brady's done. So I don't know why Rex Burkhead is going to see a lot of success. I know it's a pretty small sample size, but 
He had 18 touches for 64 yards in the first game of the year. You know, he only had 2.2 points against Jacksonville the next week. I don't think that Rex Burkhead is going to do anything for your team. Um, I don't know that you want to stash players right now. You want to, you want players that are performing right now. Um, it depends where you're at in your playoff race, but I understand what you're saying. In those weeks, they play the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Bills. The Patriots don't play the Patriots. That's a hell of a game. I'm sorry, the imagine. Dolphins, the Steelers. And I mean, the Belichick Bills. does in his head every week, but <laughs> look, I, you, so against you, the Dolphins, fine, but I wouldn't start him against the Steelers or the Bills. This is a prospective start, and I would not be surprised if if Burkhead gets two touchdowns. Uh, you know, when he comes back, if he comes back, but the problem is. Is he going to come back? Is he going to have a role? Is Michelle going to be, you know, uh, healthy? Is James White still going to have a role, etc.? And of course, I agree with you. I will probably not buy into the New England running back situation. But to discount someone who is so good fantasy wise and has a connection with Belichick and Brady is, I think, uh, something you shouldn't do. Can we go back a guy for a moment to Riddick? Uh, not Riddick specifically, but Zach Zenner. Do you think that Zenner could be the guy? Glenn brought him up in the chat room. Zach Zenner, and I'm very familiar with this because I've owned Detroit Lions running backs in fantasy for a while, unfortunately. That's like owning uh, hasn't running helped. backs for the Patriots. Sort of, except they never had a good running game ever. Um, uh, I, I I think that he's a good guy who could uh, who could clearly take the role of Carryon Johnson, but Johnson is just better. They had Zenner the previous year. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. It was him and Amir Abdullah, uh, and it just never worked. Their offensive line hasn't gotten like markedly better, so I don't understand why that would change. Okay, I just wanted to bring him up because we didn't mention him. Um, and uh, I, final, th- sorry. No, I did talk about Zenner a little bit, but that's fine. Well, oh, I missed that. Who are you talking about? I, I just wanted to, one more thing about Burkhead. You know, last year he did most of his damage through the air. And remember, he was basically a fullback when he played in Kansas City. Or Cincinnati, I mean. Um, he only ran the ball 64 times in 10 games last year. I, if he comes back and he's healthy, Sony Michelle is going to be running the ball and James White is going to be catching it. Rex Burkhead is going to be you know, relegated to a very small role on the team. I do not see him as being fantasy relevant at all in 2018. At, uh, Kenny Stills, Tannehill is back. Favorite target of his. Uh, the groin injury that Kenny Stills had is likely healed after the bye week. Kenny Stills is actually pretty good for a couple of weeks this year and fantasy relevant. Yeah, yeah, However, uh, with Osweiler, he just got progressively worse and worse. If Tannehill does come back and he does have Stills as a target, then we could be seeing those uh, longer touchdowns and and real fantasy relevance coming back to a person who's probably not owned very many fantasy leagues. Only 31% of leagues at the moment. Uh, and again, all these players... on the Raider Nation rep. All these the players are not players that I have on my team uh, in general, right? <laughs> they're, they're players that you should try Each to... week we just di- secretly dissect one of Dave's teams for him. They're, player, they're players that could come back and be impactful for you, depending on your outlook of the season. As Jason said, I have them on, uh, on my roster there. I, you still have stills? I do. I do. Because when you're 10-1, do... you don't have to make many moves. I'm saying, don't question me. <laughs> I guess you don't have to, but I think that's a mistake, guys. I I, I, I think that, like like you said, the, 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 the rapport he has with Tannehill, I think he's uh, capable of putting up good games. Yeah. I think he's – I don't think he's a starter by chance, but I think he's, 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 he's a good guy to have on your bench in case of injury. Okay. Well, certainly someone to scoop up right now because uh, things are, are trending his way at the moment. 
Adam Humphreys, we talked about him earlier, wide receiver for Tampa Bay. Five-plus receptions or 50-plus receiving yards in six of the seven last games that he played and three touchdowns in the past three games that he played. So clearly being used by those quarterbacks there, and I call them uh, quarterbacks as this uh, as this groupthink kind of discussion. Um, whether it's Winston or if it's Patrick, uh, they need all these guys because they throw a lot of yards because you know they're down a lot in football games, and it's really working out for us as fantasy players having uh, Tampa Bay wide receivers in some games, some matchups. The, uh... I, I think Humphreys is a good guy in PPR, but um, counting on the three touchdowns in the past three is not uh, a smart thing to do. Yeah, so the, the two quarterbacks in Tampa Bay uh, combine to be on pace for about 6,000 passing yards this year, which is just way more than the record. But of course they'll, you know, neither of them will get anywhere. Unfortunately, they won't get the record. (laughs) (laughs) They don't get any record. Yeah, I I think he's um, um, not a PPR play, but uh, or I'm sorry, a PPR play, but not a uh, a non PPR play. Yeah, although he has been good the last couple weeks in standard based on the touchdowns, uh, I don't think that that's uh, something sustainable. Yeah, Uh, Cameron Brait, chemistry history with Winston, OJ Howard out. Uh, I think that Cameron Brake comes right back in. You look at his stats earlier this season, a lot of people and fantasy experts are not putting him high enough. They think he's number 13, number 14. You know, I, I just changed him in my, uh, in my uh, rankings, for example, to be number 7 uh, overall in tight ends this week. And I think he has a chance to be even higher because on that offense, playing from behind, with Winston, the chemistry, the history, uh, and him being a good tight end in general, just not having the shot this year because of O.J. Howard, I think he could surprise everyone and be uh, a game winner. Yeah, this is a, definitely a down year for tight ends. So I, I definitely, was, especially with the O.J. Howard uh, injury, I definitely see Cameron Bray being a, uh, being a top 10. This is one end. of those things when you, when you can't look at just the games they played this year because it has no bearing on anything. Right. You know, uh, every every single week O.J. Howard was playing, and he has benched Brait. But Brait is not an old guy. Brait's not an unathletic guy, and Winston has a good history with him. So go yeah, for but it. Last year, Brait was doing much better. He had six touchdowns, 12.3 yards per catch. This year he's down to 9.4 yards of per catch. Of course he is. He was benched behind O.J. Howard the entire year. He played with O.J. Howard last year is my why I'm comparing them. No, O.J. Howard this year became the number one tight end, whereas before it was a mix of the two. It's not comparable in my opinion. You have to look at what the player, where he was at on that team, right? It's not like Cameron Brait was the number one tight end on that team last year. Uh, he he was he was looked at as a higher end, uh, higher echelon target than O.J. Howard, but this year O.J. Howard was the, the top guy. So when you look at their stats year over year, you, you can't compare them and say, don't play this guy. Like Those kind of statistics don't work. I mean, he was the number one guy last year. Right. Great. Overall, yes. Yes. And, and this, this year, clearly, O.J. Howard was the number one tight end. It doesn't make Brait a bad tight end, right? I, I'm just saying Brait is playing a lot worse this year. I don't agree. He's not given the opportunities and chances to be the passing tight end. I, I I'd like I'd love to see it and uh, you know apparently Winston likes throwing to Bray more than he likes throwing to OJ Howard um, or at least it's the way it seemed but I just don't see you know uh, 
the stuff I look at are the stuff that we used to always look at when we uh, sort of mechanically did our rankings. Is like, what are the yards per touch? Um, what are what are guys doing in a vacuum? And he is in a vacuum much worse than he was in previous years. Is it because if he's getting less work? Yes. Does that necessarily automatically equate to being less efficient in everything he does? I don't think it should. I think that if a guy tight, is tight ends are different though because tight ends are hundred tight ends block etc. If they're not in the passing role. So I, I think that's what's happening. Well, all I'm looking at is how many targets and how many touches, you know, how many actual touches are guys getting, stuff sure. like that. Yep. And he's just he's way less efficient. He's doing much less with what he's got with what he's had this year than he has in years past. I, I respect looking at stats. I simply think that he has not been in the role that he was last year, and so you can't compare him as such. Of course, if you don't want uh, to play Cameron Brait, that's fine. I just have a feeling that over the next couple of games, he's going to be great. You know, Cameron, great. Uh, Nick Vanett, tight end, Seattle Panthers suck at covering tight ends. They've allowed nine touchdowns to the position so far this year. And if you're looking for a flyer, uh, I, I don't need to look at stats and see if Nick Vanett is good or bad. The point is just that um, he he has been playable in the past this year, right? And uh, the fact that the Carolina Panthers are allowing so many touchdowns to that position in the, over the year means that statistically, uh, if you need a tight end and you can't get one of those top eight or ten, then it's a good choice. Yeah, definitely a good uh, uh, a good fellow there. Um, he, like you said, he's not going to be a top ten choice uh, by any means, but um, um, with the way that uh, Carolina has been playing, especially against the tight ends, he's he's an option at this point. So uh, I'd like to I'd like to wrap up here before we stop with uh, just a couple of thoughts from uh, from Jason and from Tad about uh, a player or two that they think is kind of uh, you know under the under the radar or or someone that hasn't gotten enough credit or someone on their fantasy teams that they've really enjoyed that we haven't talked about enough. Uh, do you guys have anyone in mind that you could talk about? Don't mean to put you on the spot. I do, though. I do a little bit. I, I, I just want to say that at the beginning of last year, I knew that Tyreek Hill was, like, the best receiver in the league. Well, I don't think he's the best receiver in the league. I'm just going to I'm just gonna take credit for that right now, <laughs> but retroactively. Did you draft him on all your teams? I, yeah, I had him on a bunch of teams last year. It was harder to get him this year. No, I, I got mean, him on a couple teams. But, I mean, he, you know, he, I I am still just, like, sort of floating after watching the Monday night game. It was I mean, so yeah, was amazing. I personally, like, I love, I know that even with the way that the league is going, you're not going to get both teams scoring 50 points against each other. That's just not going to happen. So the fact that we got to see it once is just fucking incredible. It it, it is so crazy how this year things have just been a little bit more inflated though. Kind of like, you know, uh, you know, more home runs. Uh, Etc. How sports are just going that way? Corked football. I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> You're like you can't put the weight on the quarterback because he might feel bad about it. You know. Wow. Uh, that said, uh, of course, everyone enjoys the offense, but it changes our game a little bit. And uh, I agree with Jason. He did mention Tyreek Hill a whole bunch. I mean, clearly he was a superstar uh, at the last half, at least of last year. So it's not like he came out of him out of nowhere. However. He did say a couple times that he thought it would continue over the next couple of years, and it really has. He's been he's been great and better than I thought he would be. So, uh, really fun to watch that guy. He's super fast. But to go to go a little deeper, I think what you're looking for. Um, I'm really enjoying watching the Cleveland Browns this year. Why is that? 
because Baker Mayfield is interesting. Nick Chubb is interesting. I like seeing the development of the tight end. Have you watched a Cleveland Browns game this year? I have watched a Cleveland. I've watched an entire Cleveland Browns game this year. <laughs> watched them lose to the Steelers, but that's beside the point. Is any of this Hard Knocks uh, hype? Um, no, because I basically hate watched Hard Knocks again this year. I think to his point, what's what's cool is uh, for, with the Cleveland Browns, for example, that we've seen a team that has had maybe more first round picks in succession uh, successionary years than any other. Uh, team at least in recent history and so now you're seeing uh, what's happening with all those first round picks you know their defense is getting better their offense is getting better they're 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 trying to compete and when all those rookies and second year guys and third year guys can call, come together they really do a good job there's some good plays there um, they look like a team that could that could be successful uh, unfortunately right now what they're really looking for is a coach they don't really Connelly's have. Condoleezza Rice, I believe I heard. Yeah, Condoleezza Rice can pull them together, Jay. Hey, man, I'm all for whatever works there, I guess. <laughs> hey, just replace Greg Williams. Don't make him a permanent head coach, please. He does not, He, you know, as, as uh, that guy who's like, oh, don't go shop there because of the way they act. Uh, you know, don't shop at the Browns because of the way the coach, what the coach has done in his past. Yeah. Um, and, and another guy who. Maybe we didn't have to talk about a lot this year, but should get all the accolades is Patrick Mahomes. You know, he had another just absolutely insane game last week. Um, and if you were able to pick him up uh, off the waiver wire or something like that in week two or three, you are probably in the playoffs right now in your league. Right, yeah. Of course, uh, a great guy to talk about. Tad, anyone that you think uh, has gone under the wire or anything like that? Um, not so much under the wire, but I will say that um, in the uh, the summer doing my, uh, uh, my, my, my draft prep, uh, I came to the realization that I could probably get Christian McCaffrey in the late second or third round in my drafts. And that has worked out very well. Oh yeah, very nice <laughs> for me this year. I am. Um, I think next year he's going to be a first rounder. Probably one of the first uh, uh, picks. I think um, he he's um, he, he's definitely been my overall from all from all the leagues that I have. I would say he's probably been my uh, overall MVP. I think it's quite interesting. Um, for example, uh, if I ask Jason, do you have Christian McCaffrey on any of your football teams? Not a, not one of them. So why didn't you draft him? Why didn't I draft Christian McCaffrey? Um, the running – I wasn't targeting running backs early for the most part. The running backs who I did wind up drafting early were like Gurley because I had a first pick in a league. Uh, I got Kareem Hunt early in a league, um, and that was about it. I didn't take many early running backs. This year that was a mistake, but in the past several years we had sort of documented that wide receivers, especially early in the year, were always starting much better – um, and that all kind of got thrown out the window this year. So I was banking on uh, good wide receivers early on this year. Did not work out for me. Uh, I, I've managed to salvage most of my leagues. Uh, a few of the later running backs who I was targeting have worked out for me. Um, but I just I wasn't picking guys. I wasn't taking uh, running backs when Christian McCaffrey was going. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he's uh, the number eight overall this year, for example. Uh, I don't know the ADP of him, uh, but I believe it was just on the back half of 10. So that was a pretty good uh, stab by you. But uh, Jason Jason is right in saying this, that we've always gone, when we've gone into analytics as far as like uh, uh, looking at hindsight at how people were drafted and how they perform, yeah. um, in general, the, the equation that I would draw from it has been that 
the uh that the wide receivers would uh, do pretty well to begin with, and then the running backs would come on afterwards. So you should take those wide receivers, then trade the good wide receivers that are doing well for running backs as they start to do well at the end of the season. Um, And it's not that there haven't been running backs that have performed towards the end. It's just that this season there haven't been... Wide receivers, you mean? um, In In the past, we had seen the running backs pick it up in the second half of the year. And and really struggle to start the season off. Yeah, I just said I, it's not that you haven't seen running backs pick it up at the end here, but uh, I I do think that what we have seen is that running backs, um, uh, a lot of them have not gotten injured, whereas normally they would have, right? So a lot in the beginning of the year you had guys like Geis, um, etc. But there's there's a lot of running backs this particular year that have stayed healthy the whole season, and that's why they're still tops. Yeah. Kind so, of on that note, one of my leagues, uh, we, had, uh, we were talking statistically, about Statistically, they'd get injured earlier. Exactly, and, and that's uh, kind of one of my strategies uh, in leagues. I tend to uh, pick up uh, as many uh, running backs as I can. So do you have too many running backs in a lot of leagues? Now? I have one league. It's, it's an auction league uh, where I have um, Zeke, David Johnson, Eric Jones, Adrian Peterson, and Nick Chubb. Nobody bid on any trades, though. So and the trade deadline is best, and now I just have an unbelievable bench right now. <laughs> well, that's not so bad heading so, into the playoffs. So to answer your question from a few moments ago, uh, Christian McCaffrey overall in standard leagues, uh, consensus number 15, running back number 11. So you were getting him at good value uh, at the end of the second round, uh, and he's definitely a top 10 guy. We've seen a lot of these uh, guys who were drafted in the top 10, basically aside from like David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, like continue to stay in the top 10 all year yeah and that's what i'm saying it hasn't happened like that a lot because there have been a lot of injuries in seasons past and certainly still some injuries this year but um but maybe not uh, with such volume which i hope doesn't mean that in week 12 and 13 we're suddenly going to see six running backs injured but statistically you should be prepared for that so we talk about running backs to pick up um even this week and guys like gus and uh, other guys that we referred to, Theo Riddick, etc. Some of those guys uh, you might, you know, not want to play every week. That's not the purpose of this. You'd like to have those guys on your bench so that they could fill in if you do succumb to uh, one of those unfortunate wow. injuries. Um, but when we look back upon this season, unlike some of the others, it looks like it may be a little bit different. So that's going to be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like we're closing out the evening, and uh, it was a late one, but I'd like to thank everyone for hanging out with us. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, and maybe I can get over my uh, Toby Gerhardt uh, fear and draft the uh, running back out of Stanford next year. Christian McCaffrey will be on my team, you guys, not yours. That's okay, because you guys cling to your running backs. You can have Alex Collins, and you can have Mike Davis as long as you guys want them. Because no one else wants them. If it's between those two, I'm happy with that arrangement. So remember to uh, let us know what you picked up as the theme of the music, and uh, we'll send you something musical or fantasy or completely unrelated. All right, to drink5.com, listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, etc. Thank Cheers, you, Ted guys. and Jason, and Thanks we'll for joining see you guys. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a blast.